Hey, good morning, Hope Point. You glad to be in God's house today, yeah? Man, it's going to be uh, an amazing day. If you're joining us online, welcome. Love having you here. Uh, I'm so excited about what God's going to do today and in this series, um, Take the City. It's just been um, amazing to see how people are responding to the Word of God. And um, I just want to dive right in. Would you bow your heads with me today? God's presence is definitely here. Father God, today in this house, we honor you. We honor your presence. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge you. We thank you that your word is life. Where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Father, today, let that get in our heart and our spirit, transform and change us from the inside out. We love you. We honor you. And we just thank you for being with us and that we get to be in your house today. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. If you're new to church, it uh, just means I agree, so let it be. That's what amen means. Uh, the title of this message is, if you can hear it, then you can see it. Say, if you can hear it, then you can see it. Uh, thinking about this, I, I thought of this uh, term echolocation, right? You might know about this. Animals uh, that use echolocation see by, see by hearing. Uh, it's a biological sonar used um, by a lot of different animals. They emit calls and frequencies and listen to the echoes of those calls returned from them to them from various objects around them. And through that, they can map, they can navigate, they can, they can eat, they, they, that's how they hunt, and um, that can be used in the air or in the water. And ranging how far the animal is from the objects around it is measured by the time delay between the animal's own sound and the echoes that return to it from the environment. And as I was thinking about this, I, I found there's some lessons in this for us. And number one, uh, just like animals, we can tell where we are in relation to others by what we hear. We can navigate and get nourished because they hunt by echolocation. So we can navigate and get nourished by what we hear. Okay? We can avoid danger by what we hear. And all of that is achieved by bouncing sound, which I'll just say is the word of God and prayer, off of what is around you. So, so when you're in something, you just think, I'm just trying to see how close my God is and where he's at in all of the mess, right? All the chaos. And so I'm bouncing the word and prayer off of him. If you think about this, Psalm 22, 3 says what? But you are holy, O God. And you inhabit the praise of your people. That the God's presence comes down and responds to our praise and our worship. So I want you to think about this. When, when you, what we just did brings God's presence down into the room. Jonah 2.2 says, In my distress, everybody say distress. I called to the Lord. I don't know what you call to. I don't know what you ring up. I don't know what you dial up. But I called to the Lord in my distress. And he answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help. And you listened to my cry. Jonah was rebellious. Jonah was disobedient. Jonah was running from God. And yet, in the belly of a great fish in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, aren't you glad that we serve a God that will still listen? Eight of you. Aren't you glad that you serve a God that still listens? It didn't matter what was around him. It mattered who was listening to him. Are you following me? 
Didn't matter what was around him, it mattered who was listening to him. So when we bounce things off of God, a lot of times he'll answer back. He'll answer back. So there's some scriptures that we used last week. We'll frame this in as we get into the text. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 16, 32, better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. So we know that because we're made in God's image, we can speak things into existence just like he did in a different way. Job 22, 28 says this, you will declare a thing and it will be established for you. Say declare. declare. That means to pronounce uh, firmly and assuredly what God has spoken. You will declare a thing and it will be established for you. Romans 4, 17, the God who gives life to the dead, hello, the God that gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Are you following me today? That calls things that are not as though they were. So it isn't there, but I declare it and I proclaim it by the word of God as though it already is. Are you following me? I want you to see that. That's proclaiming in faith. That's proclaiming and declaring in faith. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 and 14. It's written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. So with that same spirit of faith, Everybody say faith with me. Come on, with that same spirit of faith, I also believe and therefore speak. The product of belief is speech. It's declaration and then obedience. So number one, there's a few things I want to get across to you today that, that, that will help us in this discussion this morning. Number one, the life of God is contained in the voice of God. Genesis 1-3 says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God said is used nine times in one of the most powerful chapters in all of the Bible, the, 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 the chapter of creation. Nine times. Do you think that's an accident, that God is trying to give us a pattern for he spoke and it happened? So therefore, as his image bearers, we speak his will into the earth by faith, and it happened. John 10, 1 through 5, Jesus is talking to the disciples and, and those around him. And he says, I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter by the sheep pen, uh, enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way as a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep do what? Listen to his voice. Hear me. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. So as I respond to the voice of God, it leads me to the life of God which is Jesus Christ, he leads me right into his perfect will for my life. There's a voice that we have to respond to. It's the voice of life. That's why John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, 
Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of men. So there you have word and life. There again, the personification of Jesus Christ. The Greek is logos. It means Jesus. Jesus, the embodiment of the word. Everything is spoken and it happens. It just produces. The Bible says that God breathed things into existence. So, so the Roman centurion knew this about Jesus and that's why he didn't even have Jesus come to his house. He said, I don't consider myself worthy to come to you in Luke 7, 7. Aren't you glad that we have a God who will allow us to come to him when we don't feel worthy? Think of it. But say the word and my servant will be healed. Say the what? Say the word. Say the what? Come on, this is a participatory sport today. Come on, say the what? It's the word. Say the word and my servant will be healed. What? Say the word. All you got to do, he recognized, I'm a man under authority. Jesus, you're the king of all kings. You have all authority. You don't have to even bother to walk to my house. All you have to do is speak and command sickness and it will leave. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. It's in the word, Isaiah 55, 11. So is my word, God says, that goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I want you to see those action words. The word accomplishes God's desire, achieves his purpose. It's active, alive, and it produces. Are you with me today? Psalm 33, 6, by the word of the Lord where the heavens made their starry host by the breath of his mouth. When God breathed, light just shot out at 192,000 miles a second and started producing worlds and universes and, and expanding galaxies. Think of it. Psalm 107, 19 through 20. He sent his word and healed them. I want you to, I want you to follow along that the, word, the life of God is in the word of God. John 6 60 Jesus is having a conversation and he's just finished a hard teaching and it says on hearing it many of his disciples says this is a hard teaching who can accept it come on maybe you've been like that in church someday go man I, I can't believe that 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 offended me that hurt me well the word of God sometimes will challenge you beyond where you are so that you can go where God wants you aware that his disciples were grumbling everybody say grumbling, grumbling. I know we've never done that about this Jesus said to them does this offend you does this offend you you know we're just grumbling about Jesus the, the king of kings the lord of lords the God incarnate the star breather we're just grumbling about what he said right the audacity does this offend you what if you see the son of man ascend to where he was before the spirit gives life the flesh counts for nothing the words I have spoken to you are what spirit and life the life of God, word of God. Hear me now, contained in the word of God. They are spirit and they are life. Yet some of you, there are some of you who what? Do not believe. You don't believe. You go down to verse 66, it says, From that time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Jesus had a shrinking church at times. You don't want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Uh-oh, you have the words of what? 
eternal life. There it is again, word, life, word, life. All through scripture, you're going to see word, life, word, life. Why? Because the life of God is in the word of God. So, so here's number two. If the life of God is contained in the word of God, then offense cuts off the ear gate. It says, he asked, the, he asked the disciples, does this offend you? See, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. The ear gate's really important. It's how things get planted in you as a believer through your ear. So, so, so what happened was all, the, all these disciples said, you know what? And I'm sure you've been here before. Somebody offended you. you the, in this day and age, they just get canceled. Hey, done. Pathway closed. It's over. I'm not hearing anything else. Once you get offended, you stop listening. You just check out of the conversation. If you're like me, it's an impact point and nothing else is getting in. You following me? So, so here's what Hebrews 2, 4, 2 through 3 says. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Uh-oh. For we who have believed do enter that rest. Hear me. They did, the word was not profitable. The word did not produce. The word did not achieve. Why? Not because of the potency of the word. Not because of the accuracy of the word. Not because of the truth of the word. Not because of the desire of the person that spoke it. But because they did not believe. They did not mix it with faith. What did Jesus tell them? Does this offend you? Some of them did not believe. It's not that they didn't hear. It's not that they didn't understand. They did not believe. See, so I started looking up what mixing is. I, I, I thought, all right, what's the purpose of mixing? Mixing and baking, you know, which we'll about to get into in a couple months and I'll regret later, but it's amazing while we do it, right? All that good food at Christmas and holidays and Thanksgiving and the cookies and all the things and, and the, the purpose of mixing is to blend and disperse liquid into dry ingredients to form one homogeneous mass, right? Batter, right? We put things that are disparate. It hydrates flour. It incorporates and entraps air. I want you to think about this. There's some le lessons from mixing because it said the word didn't profit them because they didn't what? Mix it. They didn't what? They didn't what? They didn't mix it with faith. See, you gotta have you gotta have a different ingredient. So here's what we learn. We when you mix things, you combine very different things to form one, one product. It's transformed into one product. Dry and wet come together to form batter. One product. Okay? Reminds me of 2 Corinthians 5:17. If anyone is in Christ, person, Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. All things have become new. Batter. You hearing me? It brings hydration, water to the ingredients. That reminds me of Isaiah that the Bible says, do you not perceive it? He will make springs come up in the desert. Deserts don't have springs, but God can do that. Oasis in the wasteland. I'm bringing water to your life. He thoroughly, it thoroughly disperses the ingredients. You get all of, you get all of the word mixed in with all of you. When you mix faith with the word that you hear, it gets all of that word and it disperses it into all of you. Just like when you mix dry ingredients and wet ingredients to get better, it mixes all the dry ingredients in with the, with the other stuff and you get an even batter. 
You don't get all the chocolate chips in one cookie, hopefully. Right? You spread them all out. Why? When you mix the word with faith, it spreads everything out. You get all of the word in all of you. Hear me. Hear me. Think of the word batter. What does it mean? To beat. To strike. Repeatedly with hard blows. The word's just going to beat you up and it's going to sometimes hurt and sometimes it might even offend you. Are you following me? That's how I know it's working is when it offends me. <laughs> when I go, ouch, Jesus, what are you doing? He's like, you want to leave me too? No, where else can I go? You got the words of life. Hello, somebody. Overmixing batter only toughens it. And I've watched this. Sometimes we beat people up with faith. You can't do that. You have to let faith grow. It's a seed. If you try and beat people up with the word, it's just going to harden them. You got to let the word do the work. You got to let the word do the work. Number three, offense is ultimately a sign of a lack of a relationship in faith. See, offense leads to grumbling. It said they grumbled against Jesus. Grumbling is a complaint uttered in a low and indistinct tone. You know what I'm getting at? If you look at the Hebrew root of that word, the Hebrew root of grumble means to stop over for the night, to abide, to pass the night, to rest. It's obstinacy. Essentially, it means to get stuck in place. Hear me now. The Israelites grumbled against God and against their leaders, Moses and Aaron, and they lodged in the desert for their entire lives and died there, missing the promise of God. They saw the promised land, grumbled, and said, no, I think, I don't know that God can do that. And they lodged. They got stuck. They stayed way too long. Is anybody with me? Grumbling will stick you in a place that you don't want to be. A lack of faith leads to offense, and offense leads to grumbling, speaking a lack of faith, and grumbling leads to leaving, which is what they did with Jesus. The voice was cut off, the, which means the life was cut off, which means they turned their back on him. They actually left Jesus. Think of it. The voice is cut off. The life is cut off. I'm stuck where I am because I didn't mix the word with faith. Instead, I let doubt come in and I grumbled because of a lack of faith and relationship in the one who spoke it. Are you following me today? Church, if we're going to shift into the supernatural plan and purpose of God for our lives and for this house, we're going to have to get in alignment, mix it with faith, start declaring the goodness and praise of God, start declaring the word of God in faith and go, I'm going to declare what is not as though it was. I'm going to establish a thing. I'm going to declare it and it will be established for me. Amen. Number four, the posture of your faith determines the position of your life. The posture, hear me now, please. This is such an important thing. It's a principle in God's word. The posture of your faith determines the position of your life. Eternal life is found where? In Jesus. He had the words of eternal life. Think of this. A seed is no good out of the ground. Is it? The posture of the seed, its response to its environment, has a great deal to do with what it produces. Hear me, if, if faith is a seed, Jesus said, mustard seed faith. Faith is small as a mustard seed. If faith is a seed, seeds don't grow out of the ground. 
The posture of the seed has a lot to do with the position that it will have in life. Some things are never seen, never considered as possibilities because they're not heard. They're never heard. Until they're heard, they're not conceived as possibilities. So, so let's look at Jesus. How can some hear and arrive at a fence and others hear and see eternal life? See, Peter said, where else can I go? You have the words of eternal life. Others heard and left. He heard and saw eternal life. How do you get there? How do you have such different valuations? How do you have such different perspectives? How do you have such different reactions? Peter stayed and followed. They left. They turned their back and left. Here's how. Jesus does it again. He illustrates it for us in John 1:47 when he calls Nathaniel, one of the disciples. It says, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here's a true Israelite in whom there's nothing false. How do you know me, Nathanael said. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were sitting under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael said, Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree. You believe because I told you. Belief comes through hearing. Faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God. You believe because I told you, but listen to what Jesus does. He shifts it. You shall see. Oh, some are like, God, show us, show us, show us. No, you got to hear first. You believe because I told you, but you shall see greater things than these. I'll tell you the truth. You'll see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. See, belief came through being told through hearing the voice of Jesus. Seeing came after hearing. You shall see greater things than this. So here's what I want you to get. You have to have a posture, church. We have to have a posture of faith that says, I hear it, so I believe it. I believe it, so I speak it. I speak it, so I will see it. Are you with me today? I hear it, so I believe it. I believe it, so I speak it. I speak it, so I will see it. You believe because you were told, but you will see greater things than these. I believe that, what did, what, did, what did we just read in Corinthians? I believed, therefore I spoke. See, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if I believe, then I will speak. It will be declared. It will be established. It will produce. Are you with me? Everybody with me? Come on. Number five, walk by hearing. Walk by hearing. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says what? We walk by faith, not by sight. Uh-oh. We walk by faith. Consequently, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if faith comes by hearing and I walk by faith, then I walk by We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith comes by hearing, which means I walk by hearing, not seeing. But we're, but, but it just looks so bad. But it just looks so difficult. But it just, but it just, but it just, but it just. See, how do you balance that? With Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Those are all visual aids. How do, we, how do we balance the word being a lamp and a light, which is visual aid with walking by faith, not by sight? 
Well, well, let's look. I think that things look a lot different when we see by faith. The Israelites are on the cusp. I'll prove it to you. The Israelites are on the cusp of the promised land. They saw the obstacles and every enemy was too big. Joshua and Caleb were on the cusp of the promised land. They saw the same obstacles, just like the disciples heard the same message Jesus did. Some left, some stayed. They saw the same obstacles as, as all the other Israelites and everything was so small. How did they look at something the exact same, the exact obstacles, the exact problems and go, that's too big and that's too small? They didn't mix it with faith. Some mixed it with faith, some didn't. They walked by faith, not by sight. Others walked by sight, not by faith. David and the giant Goliath. What did he tell Goliath? You come at me with spear and sword and javelin, but I come against you, what? In the name of the Lord. Not around the name of the Lord, not with the name of the Lord, but in the name of the Lord, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled this day. And this day I will strike you down and cut off your head and all the world will know that there is a God in Israel. Now, now hold on, wait a minute. Listen, listen. He says, for the battle is the Lord's. David knew who was really fighting with him. It wasn't that he was so good with the sling. He knew who the battle belonged to. He knew who was fighting the battle. Some of us forget who are fighting the battle. Why do people of faith see things differently? The whole army of Israel is on the hill looking at David saying, you obviously don't know what we know, kid. You obviously don't know what we know, kid. And David is looking at them and the giant saying, no, you obviously don't know who I know. Are you with me? It wasn't about what he knew. David's looking at them going, no, 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 no. You missed it. You obviously don't know who I know because guess what? The battle is the Lord's. You tripped up when you thought you were doing the fighting. You tripped up when you showed up and thought your sword was going to do something. I don't even need a sword. I'll borrow the giant's sword when I knock him down with a rock and then I'll cut off his head with his own sword. See, the filter of faith, here's the key. The filter of faith puts everything in its proper proportion and perspective. That's why they could say, those giants are too small. We got that. That's why David could say, Goliath is going to fall really quick. It'll only take one rock. Bible says he picked up five, but it only records him hurling one. The four others were for his four brothers. How, how, how do we arrive at different conclusions as Christians when we're reading the exact same text? Real simple. How do we arrive at the exact different responses when we serve the same God? Why do some walk away and some go press into Jesus? Because some mix it with faith and declare it and others walk away and say, I don't have what it takes. You never had what it took. I didn't either. He gives faith to those who need it. If you're sitting here today, he'll give you a what? Measure of faith. To those who have a gift of faith, there's a seed of faith. Small as a mustard seed. You get to, do, you get to decide what you want to do with it. See, might be the same circumstances, but we see supernatural potential and a divine reason for the things that we face. People of faith judge from a different set of values. It's why the Bible says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. God knows that, hey, when we die, to be apart from the body is to be present with the Lord. That death is just a door for a believer. That that ain't the end. That's just the start of, a, of, of an eternal beginning. See, sight and faith. Here's what I want you to see. 
The difference is walking by sight is walking by circumstance. With a worldly, limited, temporal, carnal, fallen understanding. When I walk by faith, I walk according to God's, put them up there, declaration in his word. His elimination of judgment for your sin and past transgressions. His proclamation over your life. Come on, get it in you. His demonstration in the victory achieved on the cross and the empty tomb. His location in your life because he's with you, for you, and in you. His graduation of you, hello, from a sinner to a saint, from an orphan to an heir, from tragic to triumphant, from defeated to dominant. His purification of your life, your nature, your mind, your heart. Your soul, your spirit, your past, your present, your future, your motives, your relationships, your desires, your dreams, your ambitions. Is anybody with me? His initiation, I made it easy, they're all Asian words. His initiation of you as a co-heir with Christ, an ambassador of the kingdom of God. His motivation to see the world reconciled to him through Jesus Christ and his transportation, I love this one, of you from the back to the front, from below to above, from behind to ahead, from down and out to up and in, from out of the promise to living in the promise. That is how we walk by faith. Declaration, elimination, proclamation, demonstration, location, graduation, purification, initiation, motivation, and transportation. All the Asians. That's how you walk by faith. Walking by sight is walking by simply what I see, which is totally linear. Walking by faith is supernatural. It touches heaven to earth. And it says, I believe in what God did for me, and I can see it happen in my life. If you believe that today, come on, say amen. Amen. You know what's interesting? When people lose their eyesight, their hearing goes up. Maybe you're in the dark and you can't see. It's okay. It's okay. You can hear his voice when you can't see his hand. Are you with me? You can hear his voice when you can't see his hand. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. It it illuminates the path of God. But it also illuminates where you are in relation to it. It illuminates your feet. God, where am I at on the path? Where am I at in what you're doing? Where am I at in what you want to do? Number six, if we say what we hear, then we'll see what we say. If we say what we hear, say it with me. Say, if if I say what I hear, then I'll see what I say. Romans 10, 8. What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. The message concerning faith we proclaim. Come on. It's not too far away. You can touch it. You can grab it. You can get it in here and you can declare it. This isn't rocket science. Use the word of God to declare his praises. How do we live? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Our existence is literally upheld by God. Our lifestyle and our conduct by the lives of the word of God. By the the word of God, it keeps us in right standing with our creator. Our lifestyle, what does the word of God say? We live according to the Bible. Our spiritual life, we are spirit. The eternal part of us instantly connects through the word. You get abundant and eternal life through Jesus in the word. We receive that life by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And we continue on the path by living according to the word. 
supernatural life is accessed, heaven touching earth as we obey the word of God and put faith in his promises. Church, that's why it says no weapon formed against you will prosper and every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn. God has given you authority to condemn that which is not of him. You take every thought, every word captive to the cross and you make it obedient to Christ. If it doesn't line up with his word, you get it out of your head and out of your mouth. Are you with me today? Get it out of your head and out of your mouth. What you put in there is you declare the word and the praise of God. Come on, if you believe that today, would you just say amen? Come on. Come on, let's give God some praise in this house today. I want you to bow your heads with me. You can declare the word right now. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Maybe you're far from God or maybe you're just inquisitive. But today you can have an opportunity to know him. I want to give you that chance. Would you say this prayer with me? And at the end of it, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Say, dear God, forgive me of my sin. I turn from it. I turn to you. I ask you to come into my life. I make you my Lord and Savior, Jesus. I thank you for cleansing me, for washing me clean, for giving me a new start. I receive your grace, and I promise to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. You said that in your, uh, you said that prayer, and you meant it in your heart. Right now, I just want you all on the count of three to raise your hand. One, you said it, and you meant it. Two, you found abundant and eternal life right now. Three, say, God, I'm thankful that I'm saved right now. Thank you for saving me. Come on, let's give those a hand that said that. Thank you. That's awesome. Prayer is probably the most.